When we have those clear reference points for the risk rating assignments, the rating and the information that we get out of that process is even more valuable. And when we have a matrix that incorporates all of those business areas and is accepted and used across the business, our entire organization now has a common point of reference. And that's a significant value for an organization. And this is GRC and Me, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. On today's episode, I speak with Melissa Ryan, founder of Assurity. She's shared with me that the purpose of Assurity is to be data protection experts. They know the importance of information assets to your business, and they've tackled the challenges in both protecting and leveraging those assets for positive business outcomes. They blend experience, knowledge, and problem-solving passion to help their clients. Now, I have known Melissa for some time now, and our past first crossed when she was looking at technology and Logigate to help operationalize the work she does with her clients. And when I read her article in IA Magazine, I was intrigued by her creative approach. She's looking at risk as a business driver, and it begins with the language that you use. So let's now listen to our interview with Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Megan. Happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So in your recent article, as I was mentioning, you use the phrase risk as a Rosetta Stone. Can you tell us more about what led you to think about the language of risk? Sure. I've had a fascination with language for as long as I can remember. It's a key part of our relationships and our interactions. It influences our sense of self. And not to mention, it's, it's so key to our day-to-day operations and our business activities, right? Our, our professional roles. I remember enjoying spelling tests in grade school. Yes, really, I, I was that person. Um, <laughs> and you know, even incorporated uh, a study of family trees of language as part of my international business studies in grad school. It's just always been an area of interest. One of my favorite vacation, vacation souvenirs actually is a book of words from other languages that reflect feelings or kind of a set of feelings that we simply don't have a specific English word for. You know, for example, with everything that's going on in the world right now, I think a lot of us are feeling a sense of sodata, which is a Portuguese word for a feeling of nostalgia, but also kind of a melancholy sense of loss for something that we realize we may simply never have again. And to me, that really reflects the, the sense of the world right now, right? And I don't have an English word for that. <laughs> to me, that reflects how the selection of the words that we use in our communications Um, really impact our ability to inform others or to persuade others to action. So when we think about the importance of language, to me, the language we are using as we discuss risk with our business partners is incredibly important. Great. And as you talk about this passion for language, I can understand what led you to be what I would call an early pioneer. You are a published author, and in your career, you've changed the conversation on risk internally to help GRC leaders, including yourself in a previous life, gain a seat at the table. We talk about all the time how GRC leaders really need to get a seat at the table with the other business stakeholders, the CFO, the CEO. So what influenced your approach? 
So I was very fortunate, even from early on in my career, to be in roles that allowed me to work across the entirety of a business. Even though my, my core job was always focused on technology and controls and managing risk, the jobs that I was doing was often working with people across the different business operations. So I gained an understanding of what the business drivers were and what the revenue drivers were and how the pieces and parts came together um, beyond simply knowing technical controls and the data pieces. Um, and this provides me kind of a firsthand experience of the different siloed effects that we get across teams and our entities. Um, we use different language, we use different acronyms, and we, we think about things differently. And when you see how those different teams bring that different perspective, you realize the importance of finding a common language so that we can truly have the valuable and meaningful conversations. And when we think about even industries as well, the acronyms and the jargon that exists in each of those brings us even further apart sometimes in trying to find those common languages. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even those of us in the GRC space fall into that trap sometimes, right? Right. Yeah. So what are some traps that you think people should avoid? So in the GRC space, we often are still kind of culpable, if you will, of using our own vernacular, our own acronyms, our own set of technical jargon. And as we are working with our business partners and stakeholders, it's so important that we make sure um, that we're finding those common language points so that they truly understand the value that we're bringing and the impact of the components that we're, we're trying to bring to that conversation. We do this when we think about how we bring together common vocabularies, how we try and set up consistent measuring structures in the work that we do, and how mm -hmm. we're establishing different reporting processes. Seeing these challenges, I have always focused on trying to connect those dots. And when we think about how do we connect people in the conversation, how do we bring collaborative teams together, those are core tenants in the work that we do. And simply, for example, being able to explain a core technology concept in functional terms mm -hmm. or to translate an operational process of a business into the control points that need to be tested, monitored, and assessed mm -hmm. Those are two different examples of how we do a translation in the work that we do, translating between teams, between businesses, um, and bringing that into our GRC work as well. I love what you just said, the translation, because so often do we as GRC professionals forget that it often is a translation that we have to normalize, that we have to have that commonality. So what could you share with our listeners, Melissa, to help them think about technology and process as a driver to potentially help them change the conversation for risk as a business driver? Sure. And focusing the conversation on risk doesn't even have to be overly complex. One of the most valuable tools we use to help enable communications um, when we're working with our clients is a risk rating matrix. And, you know, oftentimes we weight risk, we give it scales, one through five, high, medium, low. But when you start to put um, some common business language to further define those rating scales, you help increase the value um, through the use of that language. So taking your numeric rating scale and making sure that you're capturing financial impacts in dollars, operational impacts in downtime or some other meaningful metric, reputational impacts based on local, national, or global market dynamics, um, thinking about different compliance or strategic components that might come into that framework and be useful to help the business stakeholders and our partners in business truly understand how those ratings come together. When we have those clear reference points for the risk rating assignments, the rating and the information that we get out of that process is even more valuable. And when we have a matrix that 
incorporates all of those business areas and is accepted and used across the business, our entire organization now has a common point of reference. Using that for resource allocation, using that for decision-making helps provide that common tool. And that's a significant value for an organization. And what's another thing, Melissa, that you think we should be thinking about? So another simple but very useful tool is thinking about a taxonomy or similar structure when we're starting to put together our controls work. Um, An identification and naming structure can be based on a framework or it could be customized for an organization. But when we have that taxonomy, we have a functional reference that allows us to work through a thoughtful grouping. It allows us to do aggregated reporting. Um, it, It allows us to see a picture to bring the distinct pieces together. As humans, we seek to organize chaos, including the chaos from an overly long list of controls from many frameworks that we're trying to digest and put together. When we think about it from a taxonomy and a consistent measurement standard perspective, we begin to make some organized sense and useful reporting out of the long list of controls. Well, I love how you spoke about that. You know, it seems so simple that people, you know, should be doing this or they might be doing this today. But I think my hypothesis, and I'd love to hear from you, but I feel like folks really need the work that you do for them because they're too close to it. They're in it. They're in the day to day. And they need someone like yourselves to come in and look holistically at all this um, discrepancies or the opportunity to translate, as you mentioned. But is, is that why you think people aren't doing it today? Maybe they're just too close to it or they just don't have the bandwidth or time? Yeah, there's a lot of different challenges um, that our clients and our, our teams encounter. You know, our businesses are moving fast. We are trying to support our business partners in their objectives. And oftentimes it's a client request or an industry regulation that keeps us very focused on one specific need, and we have to get that done in order to enable a business operation. And that's completely legitimate. Focusing on each of them uniquely and distinctly sometimes, though, gets us too narrowly focused. And I think sometimes we need to give ourselves um, the capability to think a little creatively. Yes, even in the compliance space, we can think a little creatively about how we're leveraging common control frameworks, how we're leveraging some of these translation tools or reading structures and making sure that we're using them consistently, applying them thoughtfully across different areas of work um, to make sure that we're we're thinking comprehensively, we're thinking efficiently, um, to truly bring all of those distinct pieces and requirements and obligations together in a thoughtful and effective way. That really does sound like a driver for so many GRC leaders now to be getting off of spreadsheets and SharePoint and emails to start to leverage technology, to highlight the insights, highlight this common language that they've established. What do you think the value though, what else would be the value for GRC leaders to leverage technology to help them operationalize this? We are finding that leaders who are leveraging both the common definitions and the translation tools that we've talked about and incorporating them into a technology platform or GRC technology are truly finding them to be differentiators in driving business value. So using a GRC platform such as LogicGate um, just enhances the efforts in that thoughtful design, the language, and those translation tools that we're putting together. That platform allows us to aggregate individual risks into themes. We use them to provide consolidated risk scores from across the organization. So we're getting additional data input into our process. And we have a common data repository that can be leveraged for tracking trends or predicting new opportunities or areas of focus. 
And key to making those outputs useful for our business partners and our organization is ensuring the consistency of the structures, the language, the tools, and the calculations that, that we're putting into that technology. So components like the risk rating matrix or the taxonomy that we talked about are only enhanced and more impactful when we put them into a technology tool in a GRC platform to enable their use further. So aggregating data from across the business um, on a known scale like that and using a technology tool provides clear information for business decisions, it helps with resource allocation, and it's a great way for GRC to help enable business success. Okay, great. That's very helpful just to think about that and why you know folks should be thinking about when they look at their 2021 budget, thinking about maybe this is the year to operationalize their program, their process in technology and to get out of any disparate system. So fantastic, thank you for that insight. All right, Melissa, well, we have a fun one for you. The last question for our interview, we're talking a lot about risk as a business driver. And I know that you and your firm are known to host some really cool client events. You do things at driving ranges. What are other fun ways that you are now staying connected to your team and your clients, even your family? We'd love to hear what are ways that you're just staying connected to people in this current environment? During a time while we are all physically distanced, and that is the norm right now, uh, the focus on still creating those regular interactions is really truly ever more important. Uh, and that includes continuing to you know, recognize the events and activities, whether it's a, an associate anniversary, something with the team, or still those family birthdays and important family moments. Even if you have to get a little creative in how you're still celebrating those, and it's sometimes harder when we're distanced, right? Yeah. So for example, my dad's birthday occurred a few weeks into lockdown and my family always gets together to celebrate. It's simply what we do. Mm -hmm. So we weren't able to do that. So my kids and I created a party in a box with supplies we had on hand. Um, okay. We had fun stuff. We had uh, cake mixes that you can make in the microwave in a mug. So we had a Zoom party in the end. It was remote, but we were still connected and together. Um, we had the silly stuff in the party box, uh, but everyone you know, enjoyed it. And we still took time to recognize the event, to connect in, even if it was in a remote way and not the way we would typically do that. Right. Um, my advice for us, both on the professional and personal side, is you know be intentional and still keeping those connections. Um, they're still very, very important. And right now, even a small gesture can make a huge difference. I love that, Melissa. I feel I definitely am going to steal that. I think that's a great way to keep the spirit alive and feel like you're still there celebrating with that family member, or that friend. And I think there's really fun ways we can do that with our client base and colleagues as well. I know Logigate recently, we sent a coffee and a mug to some folks who were able to attend a recent event that we had. And, you know, it was a, kind of our way of saying, we'd love to have a cup of coffee with you without being able to get together. So I love that, Melissa. And more importantly, I love this dialogue today about the language, the translation needed, the, the conversation changing it to make it really risk as a business driver. So thank you so much for your expertise and your partnership. And uh, we appreciate your insights that you share with us. So thanks again, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And stay tuned. This is Megan Fee with GRC and Me.